overall from the field, but he was also 50% from threes. He's 5 to 10. I know you're out there. It's okay. Stand back there. <laughs> no, more than likely, you're going to get that number one seed. And so I want him to be ranked in number one eight. Welcome into another episode of Let's Rage Coups, presented by the Saxonian family, the primary sponsor for today's episode and for all men's basketball episodes. We're off the heels of a big win by six-ranked Houston over the Montana Montana Grizzlies. Houston came out victorious 79-44, to 44, and my goodness, it was not even that close <laughs> to be quite frank. Good performance by the Houston Cougars. They had a 41-14 halftime lead and were able to cruise through in the second half. LJ Cryer led the way when it came to scoring with 24 points, 9 of 16 shooting from the field, 5 of 12 on threes. Don't surprise that Jamal Shedd led the way in terms of assists. He also had 13 points and of course he led the team with 7 assists and it was Terrence Arsenal that led the team in rebounding. He had 9 rebounds and we'll have some clips to play from head coach Kevin Sampson talking about Terrence Arsenal specifically his improvement and rebounding later on. But as always, welcoming in our pan or host or co-host here, Dayon Dunlap, Chris Gardner. How y'all doing? Doing very well. How you fellas doing, Day? How you doing, man? You muted, you muted, man. I'm doing well, man. Another Cougar blowout. Um, another dominant defensive showing by Houston. So let's get into it, Chris. I think um, one of the biggest things coming out of this game was just how efficient and how productive Houston was at taking care of the ball. They only had four turnovers the entire game, and it took them until nearly the four-minute mark in the first half for them to commit their first turnover in the game. That is phenomenal. You can't ask for anything better. And after the game, head coach Carl Sanson was asked about it. He talked about how this being a much more veteran team has a big part of it. Obviously, when we're talking about the point guard that oversees and is kind of leading this entire Houston Cougars offense, Jamal Shedd, who's uh, been here and, and done it a little bit of times. Um, obviously, I joke. But what are you guys' thoughts on not only that performance on being able to take care of the ball, but overall Houston's big win over Montana on this Black Friday? Well, you you know, we've already talked about the, the opponents so far in this non-conference. Most of them haven't been a murderer's row, but the Cougs were methodical in their approach defensively, offensively. And as you said, Andy, just one turnover in the first half came in like the four-minute mark left in the first half. Emmanuel Sharp with a bad pass. I guess he's going to try to go for alley-oop to uh, with the JoJo or, or JV or whatever. But four turnovers is outstanding for any team, any level, because – it limits the opponent's chance to score points off your mistakes. And that's, that's, that's a key. As long as the Cougs don't turn it over, they can rebound their, their missed shots and keep possession and score that way. So four turnovers is outstanding. Four turnovers is outstanding, like Chris just said. And just watching that game, stop looking at the score and start really paying attention. Can they win each possession? And that's one of the things that I was watching defensively how, how can they impose their will defensively and, and win each possession? Same thing offensively. But I think defensively it, it's such an important because of 
there's always games where your shot won't fall. LJ can have an off night. Jamal, anyone can have an off night, but their defense can keep them in the game. And so just watching it, the way that they defend, and I just start to watch how can they dominate and win each possession. And the way that they take care of the ball, that's a, a really good thing because of Jamal has had a couple games this year year where he's had three or four turnovers and so that's unlike him for them to take care of the ball starting with him I think that um, continues throughout the entire team but it, it starts with him and he did an outstanding job of that we're talking about the efficiency of the offense or just the productivity of the offense we also have to mention LJ Cryer who after the game talked about really his comfort level and uh, one of the things that LJ Cryer said is he feels like he has a pretty good grasp at not only what the Houston Cougars are asking him to do but just overall he feels comfortable in being able to again ask what he's being um, tasked with and offensively it seems like he's becoming starting to become more consistent but again Offensively, we're looking at that, but head coach Kevin Sampson's staff, they don't necessarily care about that. They care that he's been able to rebound, he's been able to defend at high level, and in a game like today, he did that at a pretty great rate. And I'm looking at the stat sheet, even you know, when you look at steals and stuff like that, it's not necessarily tell the full story, but rebound. He had four rebounds, four defensive rebounds, three assists too, so... Comfort level seems to be much more higher when it comes to Barry Lee being the seventh game of the season for Houston. You know, you know, LJ, he's seven games into his Cougar career, but he's already had a long college career. So he's an experienced player. He knows what it takes to win. Obviously, he won a championship with Baylor. He's bringing that championship experience here. His shot, Coach Sampson said it during the post game. He and the staff aren't worried about shots because one of their philosophies, they will rebound their misses. LJ is comfortable. He is the team's best three-point shooter. He's rolling right now. He was, what, uh, 9 for 16 from the floor, 5 for 12 from three. The rest of the team was 2 for 12 from three. But I'm okay with LJ taking half the team's three because he is the team's best three-point shooter. But I see a question from Smith about Malik Wilson. I got some questions about Malik you know, during the game, why isn't he playing? Coach Sampson went with nine men the first 10 minutes of the game. Malik was not part of that nine. There may be games where Coach only goes nine-man rotation rather than 10. There were some times during the three games in Charleston where Ramon didn't play in only got those minutes. So I think it's going to vary between the opponent who is that 10th man in the rotation because most likely it looks like it will just be a nine-man rotation for the most part this season. Yeah, with AJ, I mean, not AJ, LJ, he's definitely looking more comfortable with his reads when reading the defense. As soon as they go under the screen, he's lighting up the three. And so with his ability to shoot it, and not only that, shoot it efficiently, it's really going to put a, a stress on defense even more. And then he's not only selling for threes, he's moving without the ball. He, he's driving, getting inside, and finishing inside again to the free throw line. And so I think he's getting more and more comfortable, not only in the system, but where he's going to get his shots within the system. I think that's one thing I'm starting to see with him and him and Jamal Shad are really starting to kind of get that chemistry. I see a few times in transition where Jamal will make good passes because he knows where LJ is going to be. And so, uh, like Chris, I'm not really worried about the number of shots with LJ because he's such is the best shooter and he's such a prolific scorer and he's going to take good shots that he can make. That's one thing. A, a bad shot is a shot that you mostly likely can't make. And so a lot of the shots that he's shooting with, he makes a miss. The shots that he can't make it just whether it goes in or not. 
And Andy, I want you to chime in on, on this one from John because we heard it from Coach Sampson about Terrence and his, his shooting numbers. What was it, one for eight? Coach said he wasn't worried about Terrence's shooting numbers. Coach Terrence got nine rebounds. <laughs> you know, so Yeah, said he was going to get to sign the bubble after today's performance. And he really emphasized how much he's improved overall from year one to year two and really harped on, yeah, of course, those rebounding. That's one of the things that they not only emphasize, but it's become a part of the identity of the Houston Cougars program. And really, it's the one thing that they can count on at night in and night out, even when the shots aren't falling. Defense and rebounding, something that not only – after tonight's game, we heard head coach Kelvin Sam talked about, but honestly, they've been talking about it for forever, it seems like, since they've taken over the program. But, yeah, he did struggle shooting. Um, no. I, he, did, he, did, he didn't make shots. He was aggressive, and that's what I like to see. We've talked about it. I mean, the fans are kind of being, which way do you want, Terrence? Some of y'all are saying he pass, he's passing up shots. Okay, well, he didn't pass up shots tonight. They just didn't go in. Down the stretch, it looked like to me from where we're sitting, Coach Sampson was designing plays for Terrence to take shots because he yeah. wants him to shoot the ball more. Just didn't make him today. He was yeah. started with 0 for 6. He made one of his last two. Coach called a timeout under two minutes when they were up by uh, a large amount and right, ball goes straight to Darren's arsenal after timeout. Yeah. Gets a, a pull-up jumper. You know, make or miss game. Go ahead, Dan. Yeah, no, I'm just going to add on to the points that you guys made. We've talked about him being aggressive and not hesitating and Coach Sampson putting him in an isolated situation to get him the ball in his spots. And so he's getting these opportunities. I think part of that is coach talk because of the culture and he wants him to focus on rebounding. But part of that at the same time is kind of true from the fans in the sense of there may be times and moments, I'm sure we're definitely within his career, but definitely within this year, that Terrence needs to be more consistent making shots. I think that's the next level from him. We see the aggression, which we talked about, the consistency, the shot, how it all looks good. Now it's about taking that step and being consistent, and that's that next step from him. And so um, – but I like – like we said, I like everything that we've seen from him. Coach Sampson trust him. It's calling place to get him in these sets. And I like that within these blowout games, that's how you build his confidence. Look, we're going to go to you within these spots. So just like him and just like we just talked about with LJ – knowing where you're going to get the ball, knowing where you want the ball. And so now it's about being consistent in regards to making these plays and making these shots in the games. Uh, interesting point about knowing where to want the ball. It's almost like, Dayon, you were right in the, in the post-game press conference room because that's what Jamal Shedd said about you know, really uh, one of the things that goes into being able to be as efficient when it came to taking care of the ball today. And it's getting to learn, really building that chemistry, getting to know where player A likes the ball, where player B likes the ball, and you now avoiding giving them the ball in situations where they're not comfortable in. So, again, top to bottom, when it comes to this Houston Cougars team, that's something they've done really well early on in the season. And I want to, you know, agree with this about in order to comment about your mom, Mark. Hope T. Mark is doing well. Bucket's doing well. He is a winner of the Gabby Lewis Award. So he's part of the Gabby Lewis Award family. I'm part of that committee. So whether he transferred to Arkansas, he's still part of that committee. He's still part of this family as well. So that's what I'm going to to uh, show him the respect. He got buckets today. I didn't see what happened on the injury. I heard when I was coming to the game that he got injured and got stretched off. So I'm not sure how it happened. So if y'all can... She has somebody on how he got injured. Let me know. I didn't see the injury. I saw the update from um, the head coach that said it's it's a back injury, not a, a neck or head injury. Um, that's the only update I've seen. I didn't see how yeah, he got hurt either. You know, the radio announcers 
said mentioned that he was they put an, a brace around a neck brace on him as well, but then that's precautionary. And then I saw a picture of him on the stretcher as well that he had was wearing the neck brace. But then Coach Must said it's back issue, not neck. So that's that's something positive. Yeah, yeah, no speculation, but like you guys say, I pretty much seen the same thing. I was watching a game and um really don't want to speculate on the injury, but his play has been stellar. He's been nothing short of stellar. He's been he's been getting crazy buckets. He's been playing at a really, really good rate. Uh this the last couple of games, LJ as all American, yes. First few, no. <laughs> you know. Um uh, this one is kind of funny. Has coach ever got has a coach ever got a tech up by twenty eight? <laughs> coach was I, I guess I rate on the shot that the refs counted as good that Coach Sampson thought was after the shot clock. I think that's what he was arguing so vehement, vehemently about. And then I mean he went after the ref on it, and then the officials looked at it and reviewed it and. Turned it over. Turned yeah. it over, but they weren't gonna they were not gonna resend the tech. So he's intense. We all know Coach Sampson is an intense head coach, an intense man. So hey. One thing I wanna bring up because um it's something on a night like tonight where it's very hard to be uh nitpicky, I guess if there's one area it has to be the free throw shooting. Um is there is that a pause? Calls for concern, um, I'll take it first. Me personally, that's something that obviously in, in much closer games, once they get into the Big 12 conference schedule, that's something that you, know, you point at that could potentially you know, hurt you in the stretch. But I'm looking at you know, Jamal Shedd went three for four. Andre Cryer only shot one, but he, he made it. Damian Dunn, two for three. Jawan Roberts, three for four. Ramon Walker, one for two. Emmanuel Sharp, three for four. Those guys, they get to the free throw line. They seem to be fine. I think the one that's more eye-popping or that maybe makes you raise your eyebrow a little bit, Terrence Arsenal shot two for six from free throws. You know, kind of going back to a little bit of, of the shooting struggles. But other than that, it's just something that it's kind of <laughs> become a an identity of Houston. Uh, it's kind of if there's something that tradition. if there's something that it's you gotta it's you can't be perfect at everything. Me. I mean, that, that might be the issue for this team. And I laugh about it because free throws long, you know, 40 years ago probably cost the Cougar championship. And this team is shooting. Coming into this game, I think it was 64% as a team from the line. I'm, a, I'm concerned with the guards and wings who are shooting, missing th- free throws. If it's the bigs like JoJo, I don't think he's going to get there too often. Arsenal going two for six, that's kind of – you got to, that's less than, you know, 50%. Got to be better than that. So it depends on who gets to the line a lot and they got to make them. Yeah, I'm not really concerned because of like the the lead guards are shooting the free throws well. I think it was a really only one game where almost everyone struggled. But other than that, Damian Dunn's for his career is an 80 plus free throw shooter. LJ is a really good free throw shooter. Jamal, he, he he's been a, I don't want to say a decent free throw shooter, but he hasn't been a great free throw shooter. Agreed. But he, he can make them. And so I'm not really concerned in regards to team. Emmanuel can knock him down. Um, but I will agree with Chris, though, um, for a guard like Terrence, you got to shoot above 50%, 1,000%. Yeah, 
Real quickly, I'd like to remind everybody that's watching or joining us live. This is Let's Rage Cooks presented by the Sex Indian family. Of course, I'd like to say thank you to the primary sponsor for today's episode and all men's basketball postgame shows. And of course, we also like to say thank you to our secondary sponsor, just Star Pizza with multiple locations across the Houston area. Star Pizza is your go-to stop before or after the game. Be sure to stop by any of their locations every Tuesday during lunchtime for an all-you-can-eat pizza buffet. And on that note, let's hear what head coach Calvin Sampson had to say after Houston's dominant win over Montana. You know, those starts to sort of setting the tone. Yeah, we've been getting better since um, Australia. None of these guys were very good in August um, um, or September. We kind of were breaking it down in there's always uh, two sides to the floor. You know, we draw, there's a blue line in the middle of our practice court. It's not tape, it's paint. It's painted down. It's how important that line is. Um, it's kind of a demarcation point in our teaching where you need to be. It devolves in a certain area. So um, it's just learning principles, learning to stay connected. Uh, trusting each other, uh, being at the right place, uh, communication. Um, you can always hear a good team. You can always hear a good team. You know, if there was nobody in the gym today, when you close your eyes, you, you can hear Houston. And they're talking to each other about what they should be, our terminology, our bigs. You know, a, bigs a big man um, in pick and roll coverage um, our guards have their back to them. They're, they're facing the ball, guarding their man as a screen is coming. They have no idea where that screen is. So that, that uh, 90% of most screens in college are set with the five men. Um, so our five men defensively have to know exactly what they're doing and can't make mistakes. You know, it's kind of like an air traffic controller. You, know, you get... Uh, uh, Four planes trying to land with three runways. What if that guy didn't talk? That's, that's the analogy I use with our bigs. You gotta talk. You gotta tell them you gotta be exact, you gotta be precise, and you gotta be on time. Um, so it takes a long time to get there. And, and it's, it's something you need to work on uh, every day. So, but we're, we're progressing. Uh, we were, uh, had our moments in that. Uh, last term in Charleston against Towson State or uh, University of Utah, uh, Dayton. Um, but you know, we still got a ways to go. You know, uh, LJ, you know, played three years under, you know, a great coach at Baylor, Coach Drew, and but he's only played seven games for us. So he's, he's still trying to figure certain things out in certain coverages. You know, that's still November, so we're still got a ways to go with all our guys. I mean, Jamal's in his fourth year in this system. Our system doesn't change from year to year. Um, I may adjust it, a scouting report based on a scouting report on the team's strengths and weaknesses, like um, um, Arizona, when we played them, was a lot different than UAB. Not personnel, just the way they played. So you're not, you don't guard everybody the same. Um, 
but our, our guys are, uh, they're locked in. You know, this team is uh, practice as well. They listen, they follow instructions, and that's why we're getting better. Once again, that was Houston Cougars head coach Kelvin Sampson as Chris heads over to the Rockets game to go cover the Rockets and the Nuggets in their big uh, play-in tournament game. Dan, what are your thoughts on hearing head coach Kelvin Sampson there? I think it's a big uh, a big thing that I'd like to emphasize to my kids when it comes to good You can always hear a good team. That's, that's the biggest headache sometimes, getting them to talk. Yeah, and he's all right about that, especially on the defensive end. You can't be a good defensive team and not communicate with each other and not talk to each other, especially from the from the, um, the bigs to the guards, talk through ball screens and just every form of the defensive end. And so that's a great antidote um, by Cole Sampson, and, and it's definitely true. But I like when he talked about LJ on his seventh game in a Cougar uniform, Houston uniform, and he, he's still getting comfortable, like we talked about uh, before that clip, getting comfortable not only offensively in the sets where he's going to get the ball, but defensively as well, knowing the coverages, knowing what Coach Sampson's looking for, how they're going to play certain things. And I was seeing him and Damien be in certain spots, certain rotations already be there before the ball gets there to force certain passes. So um, I really like what I'm seeing from those to express specifically on the defensive end and knowing how this uh, Houston system is going to play and and be active. We've talked a lot about the guards. Let's kind of pivot for a second. And again, kind of it's starting to become a consistent stat line for for Jawan Roberts. 13 points, six rebounds. Didn't lead the the team in rebounding today. Again, like I said earlier, that went to Terrence. But still, um, come Mr. Reliable and consistent. And I mean, you know what you're going to get from Jawan Roberts night in and night out. And in today's game, he actually became the winningest player in Fertitta Center history. So going back to when they opened the facility not too long ago, but he now officially has 50 wins in the this venue, which trumps or just passed Marcus Sasser and Fabian White. So a good milestone for Jawan Roberts and what Calvin Sampson made sure to point out. And post game, he's been a part of a really, really good team in his time here with the Cougars. And he's gotten better every year. <laughs> One thing that I've seen tonight in his game that I haven't seen so far is him actually use that right hand. He did two strong um, power dribbles to move the defender and went right up with the right hand. That's something defenses want to keep him away from his left hand. And so if he can use that right hand and then as effective he is with his left, I mean, he's going to be a, a more potent offensive player. Houston can, can really go to him down the stretch. And he's been shooting his free throws really well. But I want to see him get double-digit rebounds. I want to be selfish, and I want to see him get that because he's such a good a rebounder and has so much energy and, and ability to do so. I, I would like to see him be selfish and, and stat pad in that way and go get them double-digit rebounds because when he scores 10-plus points, it's like a bonus. He's such an official score. I want to see him get more touches. Yeah, for sure. Most definitely. And when we talk about his running mate up top, when it comes to the starting front court, Javier Francis, he continues. He, he's very active. I got a chance to see him live for the first time going back to the, to the, the exhibition game. And he just seems much more uh, comfortable, probably not the right word. Or we've used it too much in this show, but he had a stretch 
there where, again, gets the rebound on the defensive end and sprints down, runs to the, his spot on offense, also ball to look for him. And he seems not to be rushing as much where there would be some moments and stretches when he played a season ago where maybe it still seemed like maybe not necessarily going 100 miles per hour, but the game was still just a tad bit fast. That doesn't seem to be the case, at least from my viewpoint, again, in one game, small sample size against Montana. But I think for the first seven games, we seen that consistency from Javier Francis and being able to be that defensive anchor for Houston in the middle. He definitely has. And I agree with every word that you said, but I still just watching the game. It's, I don't know what it is that coach Sampson that he isn't really playing 20 plus minutes the entire game. He's still playing just under half of the game, splitting those minutes with Jojo and splitting some of those minutes with Terrence in which both of those um, guys play more minutes than him tonight in which this year, although he starts mostly, he hasn't really finished the game, but I know that the competition hasn't been um, a murderous role like Chris has said earlier. And so I'm wondering, will it be per matchup? Will he start to play more minutes as they play um, better post players, better competition. But in regards to him and his skill, like you just said, more comfortable, more active. Um, I know we keep saying comfortable, but he's definitely more comfortable. And he, he's looking more um, sure of himself, more assertive, I think, is a good word to use um, describing him as well. Yeah, going back to our previous show, development, a key word among the Houston Cougars program, patience with Javier Francis as well. Yeah, patience. Yep. Word for him. Talking about one of the new faces we mentioned out there prior earlier, Damian Dunn. He had eight points, three of eight shooting, um, three of eight. Kind of, I don't know if you could necessarily call it a slump, but just when it comes to offensively, we saw him the first uh, few games, and now when it comes to um, what he's done now, it seems like he's progressed a little bit, but he had a good stretch there in the second half, flurry of points, and he had a nice end one. Um, that really kind of calmed down. I mean, you can't really call it a run, but it was a nice move. He caught the ball when when Montana kind of went zone, turned around, faced the basket, took a dribble, pumped, fake, drew a foul, and had the end one and converted the free throw. Yeah, and he started the season on such good. And I said, no, why you said regress because he he started shooting so efficient and so good, and his play has declined since then in regards to simply just making shots. He hasn't made shots at that rate, but he's been now inserting to the startup. And that will be talked about with LJ. I think as Damien continues to get more comfortable, I think and find the spots where he wants the ball and he's going to get the ball and know how he's run the floor even more. I think as he's one of the players I watched the game, he can run the floor even more to get some open looks because of Jamal and LJ, the way that they can push the pace. And so I think he, he's still getting settled within Houston as well because like Coach Simpson said with LJ, he has – Damon has experience, college experience, but he only played seven games with Houston. And so that's something to keep in mind. But I, I love his overall game. I think there's going to be in tight games where maybe shots aren't falling – Houston can go to him in the half court and he can be able to isolate and make a play, whether it's get to the free throw line or just simply score. John, apologies for the background noise. They are converting the uh, um, basketball court here in the Fertitta Center into the volleyball court. And real quickly to answer Michael Jones's comment, um, no words yet <laughs> um, on whether the uh, – um, the Upper Bowl will be open at the Toyota Center. They just opened the uh, 
credentials for Toyota Center, so I'm sure um, Chris will keep posted. I'd like to remind everybody that this is Let's Rage Cougs presented by the Sexinian family. Of course, we also like to say thank you to our secondary sponsor for today's episode, and that is Star Pizza with multiple locations across the Houston area. Star Pizza is your go-to stop before or after the game. Be sure to stop by any of their locations every Tuesday during lunchtime for an all-you-can-eat pizza buffet and on that note let's hear what head coach Calvin Santon had to say on Terrence Arsenal following Houston's big win over Montana that's funny you asked that tonight since uh, uh, it couldn't hit uh, water standing on shore uh, your turns really improved a lot that's why I don't evaluate how guys play based on whether they make shots or not Pretty shallow in a lot of ways. Um, I remember I was in, when I was in NBA. Um, Curry had a stretch. I can't remember what it was. But he was like seven for fifty-one. Greatest shooter in the history of the game. Had a stretch and couldn't make a shot. Michael Jordan has had. Kobe was the king of that. Four for twenty-one, three for nineteen. Four. The next thing you know, he scores eighty. You know, that's what they do. That's why I tell guys. Uh, let people that don't know what they're don't know what they don't know worry about stuff that don't matter to us you know what matters to me is your defense and your rebounding because in the day when you don't make shots that's how we win and they're all going to have days look at what lj the first three games he played here now he did i'd holler something out and he was trying to process it while he was open to make you know i said well he'll get going only nobody was worried about unless somebody asked about it from the outside nobody inside ever worries about that stuff what we worry about is is the things that uh, Terrence was good at tonight and Emmanuel. You know, Terrence, uh, you know, we have a bubble that we sign when somebody earns the right to sign it. Jamal just signed it recently because he had six defensive rebounds. I'm waiting on Slim over here to sign it for the first time. Um, but Terrence signed it tonight. He had uh, six defensive rebounds, three offensive, nine total. I think the last game, Javier signed it, didn't he? Yeah, against Dayton and Maybe Juan signed it against Utah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, these kids, they come to the bench late in game and go, I mean, offense rebounds like that. I mean, defense rebounds. You know, that's part of our coach. That's one of the reasons why these guys fight for rebounds. They will sign that bubble. Because whoever signs the bubble the most, you get taken home with them. That's Justin Gorham where his is. That's Fabian where he is. his is. You know, we give that bubble to somebody every single year. That bubble's uh, those guys that come in in June. You know, you know, they, they think uh, old school guys, when they think bubble gum, they think bazooka, you know. Um, but these guys know what that bubble is and what it represents. They want to own it. It's a great story to tell their kids one day. We got time for one more. Are we good? So once again, that was Houston Cougars head coach Kelvin Sampson. To touch on a lot of things, of course, we always talk about the bubble, but kind of focusing back on Terrence, uh, the improvement. And, Dan, like you mentioned, there's something that consistently seems like they're much more comfortable in going to him in that low block, high post area and just isolating. Let him go to work. He's such a, honestly, a not necessarily size mismatch, but just a type of player unique specimen mismatch when it comes to if he's being guarded by another four because more often than not he's going to have that speed advantage just how lengthy he is 
it's not really that's not really going to be something that he has going against him when he's being defended by another form. One thousand percent, and I think once he becomes more efficient in that mid post area, it's going to only open up his game. He get more confident in knowing that this mid post area is almost automatic. I really, when I look at him, I see a lot of Kawhi Leonard, especially when Kawhi was at San Diego State. He wasn't really an, an efficient scorer. But as he developed and played more and more, you see that mid-range game is almost automatic, and he has the ability to step away and knock, knock down a three, and he's a lockdown defender. And I think Taron has a lot of those qualities from Kawhi Leonard. And so that, that mid-post area, that's what I just kind of said a second ago. Once he's – start making those shots consistently, and now he's becoming a, a threat on the scouting report, someone that you really, really have to game plan to stop. And I, I think that's the next step for him. But like Coach Sampson said, I, I don't really judge a player's games off of how many points they had or how many shots they made because there's more ways to impact the game, and, and he's done that. But to his credit, I see the confidence. I see the work. His shot looks better. His decision to make is more assertive, is more quickly. And so I think just more time, more playing time, Terrence is going to take that next step and, and reach the heights of which a lot of scouts, a lot of people think that he can reach. Yeah, and the biggest thing that, again, we mentioned earlier, confidence. He doesn't really seem to be hesitating. When he makes a decision, he's aggressive, and um, there's not kind of that hesitation we kind of saw in in stretches um, late last season. But on the topic of second-year players, Emmanuel Sharp, who's been – I don't even know if under radar is such a a good word. It's just that he's kind of, again, become consistent. Emmanuel Sharp, 11 points. Three of five, two for three shooting from the field, played 19 minutes. He was plus 14 for Houston when he was on the court. Yeah, exactly right. Consistent. We know night in and night out, it always seems like he's going to be somewhere within that nine and 13 point range. He's going to get a couple of rebounds. And really, he's kind of been tasked with being the quasi point guard in those limited stretches when when Jamal Shedd's not on the on the floor. Yeah, and I'm, I kind of repeat this every time when we talk about him, but it's so impressive with the way that he's developed his off-the-bounce game. And I know as a high school, he averaged, what, 30-some points, but that's different getting to the college level. And last year, he was pretty much just a spot-up shooter. And I don't want to say he was a defensive liability, but he wasn't the best defensive player. But now his energy's better. He's more seems to be in, in better shape. And he's actually making stops on the defensive end. But offensively, consistently, you know what you're going to get. He's a... I will put him in that sniper category now. I know we can't. We kind of joked about this last <laughs> year, but I, I think he's in a, that category. But now he's more than that. You when you attack him off the close off, I mean off the close out. When he attacks the close out, he can create off the dribble, get to his mid range game, drive the way inside. Now he's showing his ball handling ability, like you said, to be able to bring the ball up and ignite some offense. And I'm seeing Cole Sampson isolate him on certain spots of the floor to allow him to be a, a scorer. And so Emmanuel is consistent. That's why I like him coming off the bench because consistently on a game to game basis, you know what you're going to get from him. Yeah, most definitely. And then uh, today as well, he had six rebounds, three E apiece when it came to offensive and defensive rebounding. And kind of the point you made, just in terms of his body, he seems much more uh, well-rounded, just much more of – he seems like a – you're not going to be able to move Emmanuel Sharp. Yeah. He seems yeah. much more um, – built and yeah he's been much more of a disruptor on the defenses and of the ball um 
top to bottom, I think we've hit on most of the key points. Is there anything else you'd like to add on when it comes to Houston's 79-44 to victory over Montana? Even looking ahead, which um, I think we can agree that's going to be the toughest test they've faced up to this point. Um, their next game, December 1st, in, against Xavier in Cincinnati, a part of the Big East-Big 12 battle. No, really, like I said, I think defensively is where they're going to make their hay. We know that's one of the – the, the culture thing is defense and rebounding. And as I was watching this game, I expected them to dominate on um, a, a possession and dominate the full game, and they've done that defensively. And so offensively against better competition, I want to see them either execute and be challenged like they were against Utah, and an Xavier matchup is going to be a good one. Yeah, most definitely. Again, that's going to be a week from today. They're going to be off on a week, which uh, um, after the – stretch of games they played over the course of the past week. Um, some, I'm sure it's going to be some much welcome rest for the players. And <clears throat> when it comes to Houston, that game's going to be December 1st, 5.30 p.m. Central Time. And that game will be on FS1, the next game for the Cougars a week from today. On that note, that's pretty much going to do it for today's episode of Let's Rage Cougs. Real quickly, people can find me on X at Ayanis underscore five. Most importantly, if you're watching on the Podstime Ajama or Houston Round Bar Review YouTube channels, be sure to hit the subscribe button on those respective platforms. If you're listening to audio only, make sure to leave some stars, leave some comments, leave some ratings, any which way to support us. We're going to never say thank you enough for the support you guys do indeed show us. And on to next, we're back tomorrow for the final football post-game show of the season when Houston travels to Orlando to take on the UCF Knights. Yep, and as always, we appreciate the consistent support with you guys, everyone who joined in on the comments, everyone who was consistent with joining in and always comment on the show. We appreciate it. Another dominant win for Houston. Be sure to join us tomorrow for the last football season. Get your full thoughts on the full season what to expect in the offseason, what you want to see. And so be sure to join us tomorrow. You can catch me on all social media platforms at Dayon Dunlap. As always, babies, go Cougs.